Dog, let's go inside the mind of a Brad Holmes. Hey. Hey. A lot of sixes in here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Ten of us, we move in this one. I'm so proud of who I become. You might think I'm taking some lumps. Only if we talking about some. Yeah. Intentions are pure. They cannot tell me relax. Alright, couple couple full star penalties there. But they never give me the on us, uh, back to the podcast on a Monday. Monday morning. Lee's got the tooth going. Yes, sir. All right, flash that baby. It's a uh, it's a full time thing now, man. I'm in, I'm embracing it. What is is it like a is it like a sleeve or is it just like a cap on the front? Uh, you it's like a glue sleeve. it on or it's a sleeve, man. What do it's, you do about like brushing your teeth? There's there's a routine. There's a routine with with okay. uh, that I got in the manual. Shout out to the people at uh, Lux Lux Jewelry, Lux Gold here in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, there's there's a routine. It's it's pretty seamless once you get into it. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. This is, uh, you know, why not? Why not let it fly? Why not? Well, I'm gonna yeah, I'm I'm gonna start letting it fly for my birthday again. I think. Yep. Might be my my yearly. Uh, Love the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. Get bring back the earring. We'll see. Um, Lee, you did a mock draft. Your your I first did. predictive one of the season, famously. Lee uh, abstains from doing a mock. I think until what's what's the tipping point for you? Like when when are you like all right? It's time for me to do my predictive mock draft. This year it was uh, honestly it was my this is the the least film I've watched in a long time because thankfully I, I've been pretty busy with the move and with trying to get things going in my in my career a little bit. Um, so I was like, you know what, I, I don't have the luxury really or, or I haven't really put in the man hours to do a, what I would do, Mock. It would be kind of a little short-sighted because I'd be picking George Karloftis like fifth overall and like there's just, you know, certain aspects of it that wouldn't be as fully fleshed out as years years before. So I was like, you know what, I'm really going to kind of try to go uh, full steam ahead on, 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 a, on a predictive Mock. Um, and that led me to this point. And uh, here we are, man. Excited to excited to get into it. All right. Well, just uh, start going through it. I'll, I'll tell you to stop when I think you know there's maybe anything interesting to discuss. But also, you know, hey, feel free to stop the train yourself, man. There was a there's a specific yeah. There's spot, definitely you know, you to... there's definitely points in here where I kind of forgot. I was like, oh man, this guy probably isn't going to fall this far, but I. <laughs> But I kind of went with it. This is 1.0, so it's a it's kind of a building block. Uh-huh. Um, and I do think that it, it, outside of a couple guys falling who probably won't um, fall that far, I think it is a good reference and a good starting point for where my head is at kind of right now. Um, All right. So let's get into it. Um, so first overall is going to be Aiden Hutchinson. I kind of fell into that one. Um, I don't think that it's as much of a lock as Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but still think he's probably going to be the number one pick. The Jaguars, I got the Detroit Lions taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I came to the conclusion what, uh, I think around what a week ago. What made you uh, feel, like, feel like he's the he's the pick right now? Honestly, just trying to go into the mind of a Brad Holmes. Um, this guy was the number one prospect at the end of the college football season. The only thing that kind of has shuffled him down the list is quote-unquote off-the-field concerns. 
Now, if the Lions sensed in the in, in their player meetings that there was any sort of off-the-field concerns, there's no doubt in my mind they're not going to take this player. But I have a hard time believing that they sat in that room and that he's that much of, of a goof and of a stooge that he can't get across the point that he loves football. I mean, I, I think the guy loves football, and I, I think, quite frankly, he probably is the best player in the draft. So I think the Lions are going to be happy to have him at two. And I still, my brainchild of them having the conversations with Panay Sewell about, hey, man, this guy's good. I still believe that's that, that's a possibility that could have happened. So it's a family in Detroit. You know, they, they, they like to uh, get their sources where they can find them. Um, so I got Thibodeau going too. Uh, third overall, the Houston Te- Texans taking Evan Neal um, out of Alabama. Need to, need to bolster that offensive line a little bit, get a franchise left or right tackle. I know they have Tunsil, but pro- kind of a good problem to have. Fourth overall, I got the Jets taking Icky Ikwanwu. Um, there's been rumors that they kind of like this guy. I think they're going to go O-line at four or at ten. I think four is the safer spot to do it. Um, especially with Neil coming off the board at three. And why do you think, in your mind, I think you know both of us have said before on the podcast, like we think the Jets should draft offensive line at four. But when you look at a lot of mocks, people say you know Sauce they put out. You, know, mm-hmm. you even see Jermaine Johnson. You'll see Trayvon Walker. You'll see Kayvon if he doesn't go two to Detroit. Um, you'll see you know you'll see the Jets get a defensive piece or even maybe take a receiver here at, at four. Um, I, I feel like you see offensive line less in terms of like what you definitely draft, do. The, the draft media is saying so. You know, in your in your predictive world, why are you d- diverting? Just because you do believe that the roster need and the the need of the team is 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 in that place more so than people think. I just think that with the amount of money they spent on defense and the free agency, and the fact that George Fant is their uh, right tackle. Um, and Zach Wilson had struggled last year and was, he was under a good amount of pressure last year too. I think it's only right that they spend this pick on the, on the offensive line. I, I guess I get where the media is coming from. I just, I'm kind of, this is a predictive mock, but I'm kind of bucking the trend a little bit. I refuse to believe that this is a defensive player no matter what. And that seems to be what it is in every mock draft. I just, I just refuse to believe that, especially looking at the broader scale of things, you're not going to have an opportunity to get a franchise tackle at 10, possibly Charles Cross, who I like a lot, but I think he'll probably be be gone by then too. Um, ta- offense, good offensive tackles are a, are a commodity. Um, you're getting Shaq Lawson back from the Achilles. You went out and spent a bunch of money on... Uh, Carl Lawson. Sorry, yeah, Carl Lawson. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you went out and spent a, spent a bunch of money on defense, and you need to help this young quarterback before you know all of a sudden... The offensive line is struggling, and you're picking in the top five again next year. You you want to avoid that situation altogether. I think you let your head coach figure out the defense. You've spent enough money on defense, and you go ahead and take a franchise tackle here at four. And I think that I think there's definitely a higher higher percent chance of this happening than the than the portrait the media is painting right now. Finally, um, that leaves the the G men with no you know the two top tackles off of the board. Yeah. Um, also, just a quick question: Are there any trades in this in this no. mock? Okay. No, I didn't do any All trades. Right. I didn't Fair want enough. to big brain it like that. Although, good. I think there will probably be a few trades. Um, I got the Giants taking Sauce Gardner with the fifth pick. Um, I think he, him, and Kayvon Thibodeau to me are the two best players in this draft. Um, Giants are trying to look to move on from Bradbury. I don't really think they have a lockdown number one corner. 
they got some good young pieces on defense. I think this guy kind of completes their defense a little bit. And um, they got a pick in, in, you know, the pick after the next. So we'll see what they do there to counterbalance this one. But I think getting Sauce Gardner at five is a good move for them. I've got the Panthers taking Malik Willis. Um, this is a spot where I could see a trade happening. But ultimately, I think Matt Rule needs to kind of save his job. They don't pick again until the fourth round. Genuinely, I think they should probably try to trade down, acquire some more picks in the second and third maybe, and move forward with Sam Darnold and continue to build the roster because I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be superstars and to try to put Malik Willis in that position I think is kind of unfair to him. But ultimately, that's the reality we live in with the NFL. You're always trying to shoot for the ceiling. Um, and I think the Panthers do so with taking a swing uh, on Malik outside Willis. Outside of, obviously, you know we've, we've beaten the dead horse when it comes to our Malik Willis conversations, but... In terms of the Kenny Pickett, maybe first QB smoke that you're seeing, and also Kenny Pickett to Carolina, where 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 your where's your head at there? I this gets personal with me because I refuse to believe that Kenny Pickett is is like going to be like to 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 think that you can draft Kenny Pickett and that he's going to be better than Sam Darnold when you bring him into the room, the locker room, and you bring him like trot him out. I think if you draft. Kenny Pickett, there's a there's a legitimate chance he loses that quarterback battle in camp to Sam Darnold. Um, I, I just I just don't really think that that's the direct. I think you need to shoot for ceiling here, and Malik Willis is the guy where I can kind of understand. Sure, he's he's somewhat of a prototype. I mean, I would never make this pick in a million years, but if you're going to pick a quarterback at six, uh, and it comes down to Pickett or Willis, I really I, I kind of think it's a no brainer to save your job. Um, you get more of a of a showstopper in Malik Willis. Um, G, all right, the the, the G men took uh, Sauce. They took Sauce. So who do you have at seven? I'm coming back here and taking Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi State. Um, Daniel Jones' career nearly nearly ended last year because the offensive line was bad. You don't have a right tackle. Matt Pert isn't going to cut it. He's more of a, a rotational or replacement level player. Uh, you saw Andrew Thomas, what he can become. He's, he's turning kind of into a franchise left tackle. Now get your guy on the right side. Bolster that O-line. You got Sauce with the fifth pick. Now you're starting to build a roster a little bit. Um, you got a bunch of receivers on this team, none of which are really proven, but all of which you've invested a, a decent amount of resources in. So you got to kind of let them do their thing um, and kind of see where the chips fall here. I, I think this is the. I think this is a good pick. I think – I want to make the, let the record show this is where it gets personal with the predictive mock. I think Charles Cross is being undervalued right now. I really think that Charles Cross is a uh, in that Evan Neal icky category. So to get a to get a guy who you can plug in as a day one starter at right tackle, uh, really good pass blocker. They they toss the rock around a lot down there at Mississippi State, and he did a heck of a job protecting Will Rogers. So uh, I'm looking for him to do the same thing at the next level. This is uh, funny. You uh, mentioned last week or maybe two weeks ago that you lost some bets making the draft a little too personal. Yeah. Now, 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 seven picks through your predictive mock. We've got we've got three picks that you just personally think uh, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I can only I can only wear the insider hat for so yeah, long. Yeah, I understand like, what you mean. At a certain yeah. point, it's anybody's guess, right? Um, so we're we're All we're going to move along here. Run uh, run through these next three. Next three, Falcons, Drake, London, Seahawks, okay. Derek Stingley, Jets, Garrett Wilson. Um, those are kind of self-explanatory. Falcons are the worst roster in the NFL, arguably. you got to get a guy in there who's going to – the wide receiver room is in shambles. 
Um, I think London's the best receiver in the draft. I do also think from an objective standpoint, he will probably be the first receiver taken. Seahawks take Stingley. Not afraid to take a risk on a personality trait guy when he, you know, come, comes out and runs a 4-3 or whatever. And, you know, he's got a, a high ceiling. Tommy likes him a lot. I think that he could end up being, uh, you know, a day one, number one corner. They need People say, like, he could end up being, you know, when it's all said and done, the best player in the draft. Yep, yep. I mean, I, I, I see that just based off the whole freshman year thing. Um, I think it's kind of just a Seahawks pick, too. Yep. Um, Jets taking Garrett Wilson. I think that you got to help Zach Wilson out a little bit. Again, sticking with my philosophy about spending money on the defense. I think 10's a good price on him based on the mock drafts I'm seeing. Um, moving to 11, we got Washington taking Chris Olave. Um, I think that's a popular he, one I see. Yeah, I think just he adds a dynamic to their offense that would really spread things out, help Wentz a little bit. They need a little bit of help on the O line, but I think it's passable. Um, and then just getting a guy to pair with Terry McLaurin, um, I think that this would be a good. Yeah, move I feel for like them. for Washington, they'd be looking for their like Brandon Scherf replacement, and it's yeah. probably a little bit too early to be taking a, a Kenyon Green or a Zion yep. Johnson. Yep, I would agree. Um, I've got the Minnesota Vikings taking Jordan Davis. Um, I think it's just a really good fit. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I like I'll him throw a lot. In my so we'll, we'll hit the pause button here. We got yeah, the, go so ahead. Vikings taking Jordan Davis. This is my little draft theory I teased to you before the show. Like, why Why do you think Jordan Davis isn't, like, considered a top 10? Like, you watch more college football than I do, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, when I look at the draft, and think of, going back to, like, last year, like, thinking about a guy like Kyle Pitts, right? Like, Kyle Pitts, to me, like, last year was probably, like, the draft's true unicorn player, where it's, like, the guy's, like, 6'6", runs a 4'4", yeah. weighs, like, 260 pounds, and is a tight end. And it seems like every year that these guys get, like, pushed up. And Jordan Davis gets talked about like he's, like, oh, like a boomer bust prospect when he's 6'6", like, 350, and his athletic numbers are, like, off the charts. Like, he runs a sub-540, huge vertical jump, huge broad jump. Like, his explosive numbers are, are through the roof. Yeah. Yet he gets, like, talked about like he's maybe, like, you know, gets picked in the teens and could, like, be a bust and I don't I don't get it at all to me like I think I really think you could make an argument that Jordan Davis is the best prospect in in the draft whether yeah. or not that means you take him first overall because of positional value or whatever but just based off of the numbers and then you match that with like production like to me he's one of the guys in the draft too where it's like the production and the athletic numbers are there whereas like with the Hutchinson like oh like there is production for one year, but then he has shorter arms. Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, is has, you know, maybe some of the measurables, but not all the production that you want to see. Like, to me, with Jordan Davis, it seems like it's all there, and I don't get why he's, like, falling outside of the top ten in a lot of these predictive mocks. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. If if you ask me, um, after the national championship, who the best player on the Georgia football team was, I would have said Jordan Davis, and it would have been a pretty quick answer. Um, and that's one of the best defenses I've seen. I think he made everybody's life a lot easier. Um, and he's a, I think that he's an extremely dynamic, one-of-a-kind player that doesn't come around too often. The only thing about Jordan Davis is, is that I don't think he, he can be on the field for three downs. Um, I, I think that you're going to kind of have to... And is that more of like a... Is that a play style thing or a stamina thing? I think it's a play style thing. Um, and kind of a stamina thing. I mean, I don't know. I personally would leave him out there for as long as he needed to stay. If it wasn't a stamina thing, I think his play style can 
it's not like he's going to be getting a bunch of sacks, but he makes everyone's life so much easier that I think that it's worth keeping him in. Um, but that's just the most criticism I've heard on him. I don't think stamina is a very huge issue. I mean, he's a really big guy. It's probably more of an issue than it would be uh, for for most other players. But it, I think it remains to be seen how big of an issue it really is. Um, I think the, him falling to 12 at the Vikings, between fit and the player you're getting, I think it's an incredible pick to get him here. And Clap, I would ultimately agree with you. I think he's a top 10 prospect. And I, quite frankly, man, I kind of have a hard time seeing him bust. Um, I know that that's, that's the silly. other thing where you hear it's like oh I think he's going to be a really good NFL player, man. He's at so the dominant. very worst, you're getting like a two gap run defender. Yeah, like, exactly. Me, like at, and and you know, that's a guy who can be very impactful in the NFL. Is a two gap. I mean, you know, yeah. like those types of players are you know they don't they don't necessarily grow on trees. So uh, I think I think that's the move at twelve for the Vikings, and I'm interested to see if Jordan Davis. I want to say his odds are 13 and a half, his over-under. Um, I like the under a lot, but I don't want to get, again, I don't want to make bets based off things that are too personal here. I think that maybe the rumblings in NFL circles are that, you know, he doesn't have the stamina or that he's too big or that it's just too good to be true. I'm not sure. Um, right, here's can, where can, I have – We can continue. Yeah. I have Trayvon Walker falling to 13 to the Houston Texans. This yeah. was the biggest gonna, slide. Yeah. Um, the odds of him falling out of the top 10 I think are extremely low. Um, and that's kind of where I think my, my, my error was here, but I kind of think if I'm being honest, like, I feel like Atlanta yeah, would be his floor. Sure. Also, it is another thing where it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to make it too personal yet again, but, <laughs> but I, I, I don't, this Trayvon Walker top Number one, number two, this came out of a left field for me. I knew who he was at Georgia. I thought he was a good player. Again, if you would have asked me at the end, and I'm not some football nut, you know, who knows everything about the intricacies of, of the defense in the ways that I probably should. But if you asked me at the end of the season, just off eyeballs, who, where does Tra- Trayvon Walker rank amongst players on the Georgia defense? I would have probably said fourth or fifth even. Um, that defense was so good. And I think that, you know, obviously he's an explosive athlete. He made some big plays, but I think that he was kind of a, a complimentary piece on that defense. And that, I think that explained why before all the testing, this guy was a fringe first round guy. You know, you saw him in the early mocks in the twenties and thirties. Um, I don't, I, I just, as a rule of thumb, I don't really think that testing should move you up more than five, 10 picks. Uh, it starts to get seem kind of silly when we're talking about a guy when the tape tells you he's a 25th pick and then all of a sudden you, you go through the combine and stuff. Oh, wow. Well, you know, he ran so-and-so and his measurables are this and that. So now we're going to – he's the number one pick. Um, just doesn't make any sense to me. But I want to put that yeah, caveat the, in. The, the, one, the one, I guess, like context I think to that, um, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying like more so than, than not. His like from what I heard too, and I'm, I just pulled up his like spider chart. Like his combine too was like historically good. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like you know oh like he had like the best one this year. Like it's it was one of the better defensive end combines for you know in a in a really long time. Yeah, I kind of think like I have to watch him a little bit more. I I kind of want to comp comp him to like Ansa. 
Like, Interesting. Because Ziggy, because like Ziggy was also kind of like that athlete. Like, he was yeah. out of the draft and. You know, it, it worked. This was this was what was the interesting thing with Ziggy was like he had a great first like five years in the league, and then he had a couple injuries, and all of a sudden he lost that athleticism, and then he was no longer really able to win in the NFL because yep. he never really developed the you know the finer points of of being a pass rusher. He just was able to out athlete you know most of the tackles he went against. So, um, you know, it, it's worked in the past for some teams taking these these athletes, and then other times you, you know, you get a Deion Jordan, right? Exactly, <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. It, he's an interesting case for sure. Um, 14, I got the Ravens taking Jermaine Johnson, Florida State. Um, I think there's probably not a high chance he falls to 14. There's definitely more of a chance of him falling out of the top 10 than Trayvon Walker, but the Ravens kind of need an edge. I think this would be a good fit. I uh, got the Eagles taking Kyle Hamilton at 15. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they just lost Rodney, Rodney McLeod. There's kind of a big gap in that safety room in Philly. Um, I think Hamilton's kind of you know an exciting enough player to take a swing on at 15. He'll probably go earlier as well. Um, although I think it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that Hamilton slips down to 15, 14. I, I, I think he's for sure going to slip out of the top 10. So who's to say he's going to be going 11 through – 14. Um, at 16, I got the New Orleans Saints taking Trevor Penning. Uh, according to all the media mock drafts, he's the best tackle available. I'm not going to pretend like I know much about him. I've seen some tape of his. He seems to be pretty good. They need if you a tackle. Had to, uh, if you had to bet your back judge salary, uh, you know, what, what are the chances that the, the Saints are picking at 16 and 19 on draft night? I mean, essentially, you're asking if they're going to trade up for a quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, basically. I think yeah. they're going to stick and pick, man, because I think that, shoot, you can probably end up getting a guy who you like at 16. You can get a Ritter or a Howell or or oh, even wow. a Pickett, maybe. Or, you know. Yeah. I think, quite frankly, man, I think one quarterback goes top 10. I will be surprised if more than one quarterback goes top 10. Um, it seems like you know a team would have to trade into the top ten for that yeah, to, to happen. Yeah, unless Seattle just like you know, I think Seattle has somehow tricked themselves into thinking that they got a <laughs> they got a, a franchise quarterback in Drew Locke, um, which is an issue. Um, Chargers right. at seventeen. I got him taking Devin Lloyd. Uh, I think he'd be a great complimentary player to Kenneth Murray. Uh, they need a linebacker. Um, I think it's a great pick at 17, 18. I got the Eagles taking Karloftis. Uh, they need some help on the edge. They're getting a bit older on the deep along the defensive line. I think Karloftis is, I've, I've, I've been pretty outspoken about, you know, I think pretty highly of him. I think it'd be a steal at 18 saints coming back at 19, getting Jamison Williams kind of completing the duo of picks here to, to basically invest in Jameis Winston and in this team. Um, I was looking at the Saints roster, man. They got a good roster. The Saints are a good football team. I mean, if Jameis Winston can be a decent player and they can get a tackle and a receiver in the draft who are who can contribute somewhat, this could be a pretty good team, man. I think that division is fairly exploitable outside of Tampa. I think they can co- go swing with Tampa a little bit if they if they have a good Yeah, draft, but I mean, honestly. you don't even have to do that. You can just go for a wild card in the NFC. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, like just just for competing sure. on a in the Atlanta and the Panthers, that should be four wins. Yeah. 
20 Pittsburgh Steelers. I got him taking Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think Kevin Colbert, you know, is going to try to put the spotlight on himself and pick the next franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, honestly, just kind of ruined my day the other day. Yeah. Um, Terrible news. So young. Um, Just awful. Awful to wake up to that. And prayers, prayers out to his family and his loved ones. Um, yeah, gonna gonna tune into that Ohio State spring game to see uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be honoring him, you know. And you gotta put the you gotta put the, the rivalry to the side sometimes and acknowledge uh, when a, you know something tragic happens like that. Um, moving on, New England Patriots twenty one, Daxton Hill. Uh, I like this pick a lot for New England. I think Daxon Hill is a guy who can play a little safety, can play a little corner, kind of a chess piece for Belichick. Uh, Belichick knows, is known to like his Michigan guys. He likes his Alabama guys. Um, I think Daxon Hill would be uh, – I, I, I like this one. I might etch this one in prophecy. If Daxon Hill's on the board at 21, I think, I think Belichick's going to take a swing on him. 22, the Packers taking Traylon Burks. Out of okay. Arkansas, the receiver. I think this would be a phenomenal home run pick for them. He's one of my favorite receivers in the draft, if not my favorite. I think it would be a great – It's funny because the, the – the I guess the hype on him has kind of subsided. Well, yeah, because like he, he ran like he a 4-5. Yeah. If, you, if you run under a 4-4 four, four, or over a 4-4, four, four, like no one likes you anymore. It's actually <laughs> – it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean – Four or five is really fast and yeah. in his size. It's crazy. Well, and it's just like – Maybe I'm a traditionalist, but like throw on the the game film and he's he runs past dudes like all the time in the SEC. The production is there. I mean, yeah, I think I think he's a beast. So, um, Cardinals at 23, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Um, they need the help in the secondary. I know they went out and got Jeff Gladney, but you can't be relying on that to be to work out. Um, so I think this would be kind of a good spot for them to take a corner. Uh, I got the Cowboys taking Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M. Um, lost some guys this offseason. Need to kind of you always got to be replenishing that offensive line, getting depth. Um, I think Kenyon Green's even the guy who can start for them day one. I got the Bills taking Andrew Booth, corner out of Clemson. Biggest position of need for the Bills. Booth seems to be a guy that's going in a lot of first round mocks. Um, after the departure of Levi Wallace, the Bills are going to need a guy to rely on as an ancillary corner. Um, I got the Tennessee Titans taking Sam Howell. Uh, I think this is a very sneaky quarterback spot late in the first round. The Titans have made it public that they're looking for the successor to Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I think Sam Howell would be a good pick at 26 for them. Maybe, maybe he can sit for a year in an organic way, not in a forced way. Um and, you know, with the acquisition of Robert Woods, you kind of have a second receiver. You don't need to push it to get a receiver here. I think, you've, you know, you got a competitive roster. I think this would be a good spot to take a quarterback. I got the Buccaneers taking Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College. Um, you know, they lost – I want to say they lost a couple. They lost uh, – who they lose to retirement? Marpet. And then they lost Alex yeah. Kapp at a free agency. They need, they need to replenish the, the offensive line a little bit, kind of. Like what I was saying about the Cowboys, it's never a bad idea. Got the Packers taking Devontae Wyatt, and the defensive lineman from Georgia. Another guy who I really liked a lot 
um, watching, uh, you know, on that, that Georgia championship run. I think he's a first-round talent. Packers need help on the inside. Uh, they got their receiver at 22. Um, I think this is a good pair, pairing of picks for them. I got the Chiefs at 29 and 30. 29 taking Sky Moore and 30 taking Arnold Ebikiti. Hmm. Uh, Sky Moore kind of seems to be someone who could possibly, I don't want to compare him to Tyreek Hill at all because that's kind of crazy, but short, crazy athlete. Tommy likes him a lot. Uh, I watched a little bit of his tape. Um, and I think that he's a first-round guy. I think that the Chiefs could end up falling in love with him and his dynamicism. Um, and Lord knows they do need a dynamic receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. Um, and then Ebikiti is a guy who had a phenomenal game against Michigan. I mean, if he played if he played every game like he did against Michigan, I think he's he's going to be you know he's a guy who's a top ten pick. Um, the consistency just wasn't there, but the the measurables are there, the potentials there, and I think you could see him go at the end of the first round. And then I got the Bengals taking Tyler Linderbaum at 31. That's a guy who's dropped like a stone um, since the end of the season. If people say like he can only play center, look, what is? Do we know what that means exactly? Is there? I don't know. Is that true? Uh, it's like they, they say that I'm, he doesn't have like guard versatility. That he's like a pure center. Yeah, I. I don't know. I what just that don't means believe exactly. that. I just I don't. don't that. I, I don't know. I, I just really don't believe that. Maybe, maybe that is he like five eleven or something or what? Like, no, he's not five. He's six three. I, I mean, again, this is just the eyeballs thing. He's six three. Yeah. At the end of the college football season, if you ask me, who's the best interior offensive lineman from college football this year? I would have said, oh, Tyler Linderbaum. That being said, when it's like I, you know who was one of the best rookies like last year is like Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Well, Creed Humphrey dropped, too. Did, was he a first-round pick? He, he went no. second round. He went second, yeah. And that's a guy who, who, who dropped like a stone. In yeah. The, in the, you know, <laughs> they were probably saying the same things about yeah. him. So I think the Bengals are happy to get this guy. And I think if the Bengals can get Linderbaum at 31, all of a sudden they have, like, one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, yeah, I mean, barring, like, the fact that they haven't played together yet or anything. Sure, sure. I'm just saying on paper. Yeah. 32, the Detroit Lions. I, I'm going to be honest. This got this was personal pick. I couldn't because the media is saying it's Ritter. The media is saying it's Ritter. Everyone's saying it's a quarterback. I went ahead and took Nicobe Dean here with the thirty-second pick for the Detroit Lions. I took some liberties. Um, I think Nicobe Dean's a, a great fit with the Lions. Um, what's the what's the issue for you with Ritter um, in the sense you know the thing I hear about is the is the accuracy I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know when you look at Ritter more so than any other quarterback. Like, he has the, I guess, you know, multiple years starting. He's my um, number three he, quarterback. He took, you know, Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, one of the winningest quarterbacks, you know, in college football over, like, probably ever, right? I would assume. Yeah. Um, so, like, what is, what's the hang up on, on him for you? For me with Ritter, it's like, uh, I really don't think there's very much room for growth at all. I think he kind of is what he is. And I think that, that that means good things if you want a day one starter, but it doesn't mean good things if you want a franchise quarterback because I think he's a guy who, once the NFL starts to figure him out a little bit, I don't know how many answers he's really going to have. Um, I don't think he has superior arm talent. I don't think he's a superior athlete. I think he played really well in the mold with Cincinnati because they had better athletes and a better defense than most of the teams they played against. And he was in, you know, not saying he wasn't ever in pressure situations, but 
And I don't want to rag too much on the Alabama game, but Alabama, Alabama dismantled him completely. He had no answers for anything that Alabama defense could do. And I'm not saying that the NFL is going to be like that every week, but to me that took him out of first-round consideration. Um, like that was I said, kind of like his test, right? Yeah, like, I like right, Ritter, though. I mean, I yeah. like him. All the people's dislike of Ritter has made me even like him more because I think that when you compare him to Pickett or Willis, he's much better. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think Strong and Howell are the only two guys who have the ceiling for me. And Strong, you have to take into consideration the obviously the injury history. I'm so much more comfortable taking like Carson Strong in the third round than Howell or Ritter in the yeah, first. Like, I absolutely agree, man. But um, but yeah, I think Ritter will for sure go. And that that after ending my mock draft, I want to segue into with what I just said about Ritter and with some of the mock drafts I'm seeing and some of the media articles I'm seeing. Desmond Ritter to be the first quarterback taken is 30 to 1. All right. Now, here's my logic. Every mock draft I'm seeing recently, in the past five days, and I've been I've been scouring the internet for the most part, has Kenny Pickett going six to the Panthers. I think if the Panthers don't like Willis, there's a chance that Ritter's the guy instead of Pickett. There's a chance that the media is knowing that the Panthers aren't going to take Willis, Willis. and they're assuming it's going to be Pickett because, oh, Matt Rule recruited him, uh, you know, when he was and, a coach at and Temple. Tepper, and, and Tepper's a Pittsburgh guy. But all the while, you're hearing Ritter buzz kind of happening. Like, oh, yeah. Ritter, Ritter could be – there's a mock draft I saw the other day on Pro Football Network where Ritter did go six to the Panthers. Now – do I think this is going to happen? Should we, should probably, we put a little little sprinkle on this right probably now? Probably not. But yeah, I think Ritter at 30-1 to 1 to be the first quarterback taken. All I'm saying is crazier things have happened. And that's a ticket I think I'd like to have a small amount of money on come draft day. Because when, when the bullets are flying, I think Ritter is a, just a better version of Pickett. And if they're not taking Willis, it comes down to Ritter or Pickett. And I think... There's a chance. I think there's a 35% chance that that Ritter's the guy, and those odds in my head are way better than 30 to one. Um, so that's the kind of my logic there. Um, and then again, just 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 kind of piggybacking off that, Ritter to be a top 10 pick is 20 to one. So let's say he doesn't go six. Who's to say that the the, the Falcons or the Seahawks aren't going to be like we need a quarterback and they're going to take Ritter? Um, I just think this drop-off, this hypothetical drop-off where it's like, oh, well, yeah, Pickett and Will. It's like almost Pickett and Willis have become the de facto one and two. And I just think that the, the waters are a lot murkier than that. I do not think it's that clear in, across, you know, um, draft rooms in the NFL where it's like, oh, yeah, Pickett and Willis. Pickett. I think there's a whole heck of a lot of teams that have Ritter in the top two or that have Howell in the top two. Or specifically Ritter because I'm hearing more buzz about Ritter. And he is, to me, very pro-ready. So that's just kind of my two cents right there. I think that it's kind of an interesting angle <laughs> um, to take. And you know here at the back judge, we love our we love swinging for the fences on some of these draft props. It <laughs> makes losing a little bit easier. It does. Um, do you think uh, – here's – okay, so we can maybe move into some of these props, Lee. Sure. Um do you think I should? Here's so here's here's some questions for you then, based off of, of what you were saying in your mock too. 
Do you think Kayvon Thibodeau right now is plus 400 to be the second overall pick? I mean, it was 10 to 1 a week and a half ago. That's the only thing that I yeah, have trouble with. But but at the same time, like right now, he's the same as Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. And Ben MGM's telling me I can I can cash out my Malik ticket right now, get my fifty bucks back. Would you Would you reposition those funds? No, because there's always a chance that the Lions yeah. do take Malik, and when you're sucking your thumb in the corner of the room, you're going to be like, well, at least <laughs> at least I I have a little <laughs> bit of money to show. At least I have two hundred fifty dollars. I can go buy myself a nice bottle of wine and a steak somewhere. Yeah, and. Uh, and, and you know, yeah, let this one sink in. I'm not gonna rule out the Willis to the Lions. I don't think it's gonna happen. Don't get me wrong. Desmond I do not Ritter think is, it's gonna happen. Is plus two thousand first QB on BetMGM now? Do you have FanDuel in Arizona? Yeah, but I don't know if I have. I'll have to sign up for it. I think I do have it though. It's thirty to one on right. FanDuel, so that's worth I think, especially because we're gonna. I'm, I, I, I'm going to put, you know, I'll put 20 bucks on it for 600. Um, maybe 25 for what is it, 750. Um, but I mean, dude, yeah, I, I just like taking these swings because I think I think it just takes one of them to happen for you to be in the black, for you to be in the yeah, and then worst case scenario none of them happens. I'm I'm on the hook for 75 bucks and I already got a hundred down on Kyle Hamilton over six and a half, which I think is really likely to happen. So, um, yeah, like I regret not getting down on Olave first receiver at 35 to one. Yes. You know, let's say, let's say in my mock draft hypothetical club, let's say Trayvon Walker does go to Atlanta at eight and let's say the jets take Jermaine Johnson at 10. And then the commanders are there at 11, and no receivers have been taken, and Olave is their number one guy. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying that they're, it just comes down to these teams' draft boards. And I think, if, I think if no receivers go in the top 10, that Olave bet is a nice ticket to have. Because, boy, have we been wrong in years past about what the first receiver – to be drafted, is yeah, be, you know, a hundred percent. You know, uh, John Ross, Henry Ruggs. Yep. Um, all right, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on FanDuel now. Let's see. So I'm looking for a first QB taken here. First QB taken. Do you know? I mean, you, have you seen a Charles Cross over under? A what? Charles Cross. Charles Cross over under. Yeah, because he's minus three hundred to go top ten on Fanduel, and I don't know about that. It seems like I think he might fall out of the top ten. Honestly, his, his over under is seven and a half. And there's and there's uh, really oh man the over is like minus one twenty five or minus one thirty. I think. I think he goes past seven. I think he falls past the Giants. Yeah, I think. It's gonna. T- it's basically you're betting that the Giants are gonna take him. Unless and you're, unless, you're betting that like Icky and Neil go early. Yeah. Like you're you're betting. 
Because if, if if Icky or Neil is there at five, I have a hard time seeing Cross go like. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's an interesting. I think a crossover is an interesting bet. I think that like, there's potential that maybe we like him more than, or like I don't know that I think I was hearing like Bucky and DJ talk about this like that teams are worried that you know he's like another Andre Dillard from a from a Mike Leach system, and mm. that teams are just going to be a little hesitant. Interesting. And, and I think. I don't know, man. Just like think if a quarterback goes, if Sauce goes, like where does Cross fit into the top seven? Right. And I mean, Hutchinson it would have to be seven. One. I, it, it would yeah. either, it would like, either have think, to be seven, I, or the Panthers take him at six. I guess the take Panthers take him at six. Yeah. They're just like hacking into this wall next door. I have no idea yeah, what they're doing. <laughs> It's just like it's like I think they're just beating a wall with a shovel. I'm not even sure. So excuse that, our our listeners. Excuse that. Yeah, over Fanduel has him at minus one thirty for over seven and a half. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm still trying to find it. Okay, first QB selected Desmond Ritter plus three thousand. I don't know if I'd get involved with Cross, but I see where your head's at for sure. Um. Do we want to get a little involved on on Ritter here? I'd like to get involved on Ritter. I'd like to get. A, I'd like to put a small, okay, a small, you know, like a parlay. What would you, what would you like to place on it? Twenty five for seven fifty. Okay, I'll I'll put in. A, I'll, I'm gonna do allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Now I'm gonna tail you with with a little bit of a, a five dollar little tail. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> right on. So what were some of those other props you were referencing? A few. There was some of the On points um, bet. Yeah. Chris Olave. Chris Olave's over under is seventeen and a half. Okay. He won eleven in your predictive. He won eleven in my predictive, and even if he falls, like you've got a lot of teams in there who I think I'm trying to think like seventeen is the Chargers. So you've got the Eagles and the Saints. Right? Yeah. Who I think are potential suitors for Olave. You've obviously got Washington at 11. I think that you can't necessarily rule out the Houston Texans. Um, at 13? At 13. Yeah. The, only, the only thing is, is like, he could also just go 18 to the Saints. You know? Mm-hmm. I do kind of think that might be his floor. Like, just because I think that he's well regarded in 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 draft media circles as a guy who has a high floor, who can be, you know, there's not there's not a ton of it's not like a potential pick. He can come in and be a pretty good receiver, wide receiver two from day one. Um, so that was interesting to me. Uh, I know. I wouldn't make the bet on Burks, but Burks under twenty two and a half was plus one thirty, and the and the Packers are twenty two. So, yeah, that's an interesting know, one. I like that one better because you're getting plus money. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like 
I don't know how 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 much these teams You're, are impacted by the fact yeah. that he ran, you know, four he five. ran a, a four-five. A four, yeah. Um. And then there were there were a couple more that I thought were interesting. They're starting to kind of slowly release a few here. more odds. Yeah, um, I think like it'd be cool, you know, right before the draft to really like try and see. You could definitely figure out like what the what Vegas thinks the first round is going to look like. Yeah. Right. Like you could. You could. You could. You could make a mock draft yeah, based like, off of Vegas, basically. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Excuse the uh, the dead air here. We're gonna get. We're gonna pull points bet up. My least favorite, actually, my second. Some of these sports books, man. I'm glad you you've gotten to see it firsthand. It's just a bunch of crooks, <laughs> a bunch of crooks who won't take a bet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got. Uh, let's see. Charles Cross is, yep, 135 to the over, 7.5. Chris Olave, 17.5, 115 either way. Cross is minus 125 on Twin Spires. Garrett Wilson is 10.5. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, Jordan Davis, under 13.5, plus 120. Whew. That's also like, it's like Minnesota then. Right, it like, is. You're kind of like. Well, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. So Traylon Burks is twenty one and a half. So they're 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 yeah they're saying the Packers are kind of the floor. Um. Trent McDuffie is eighteen and a half. Under is minus one fifty. So I guess they think he's going high, higher than my mock suggests. You wanted you wanted twenty five on Ritter, twenty five on Ritter. Yep. All right. We are in. Beautiful. Thirty to win nine thirty. <laughs> so that that'd be a nice little purse. That would be. Um. um yeah, that's. Yeah, Ritter's fifteen to one on points bet, so you're getting you're getting double the odds. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing too much that I'm like absolutely in love with. I think taking a look at the Atlanta Falcons to draft Malik Willis is plus four fifty. So is the Seahawks. The Saints is. 10 to 1. Lions are the odds on favorite to draft Malik Willis. Whew. Really? Where? Plus where 275. Where is this? Points bet. Wow. That's so crazy. It's a, it's plus 400 in MGM. You got to take advantage got... of those disparities. That's why you got to download all the sports books. Yeah. Trayvon and, and Hutchinson, Hutchinson even is higher. Yeah. What were some of the uh, conference ones? Um, 
Let's see. Big 12 players is over 0.5 is plus 110. So they're saying no Big 12 players are going to get drafted in the first round, most likely. Hmm. Um, that would be like Brees Hall? Yes. I think Brees Hall would be the most likely. Pac-12 players is 4.5. The overs plus 125. I think that's kind of interesting. Okay. Thibodeau Drake London. London. Locks. Thibodeau. Thibodeau, London, then McDuffie, or okay. Kyler Gordon. Both of those Washington um, corners could go. Yep. And then who else do we have? Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. I think Devin Lloyd's a first-round block. I do too, but I'm starting to get scared about that. I think there's no way he doesn't go first-round. He is the one thing I've heard about him though that I didn't know about is that he's like twenty four. He's a what? He's like twenty four or twenty three. Mm. He's like old, but um, I think he's a first round lock. Pack twelve, NFL draft prospects. Let's see. Kayvon, Drake, London, McDuffie, Lloyd. Yeah, that's that, that's like the top four that you would assume goes round one. I don't know if these other guys are going. Drake Jackson, Edge from USC, Kyler Gordon, Washington cornerback, Cade Otten, Washington tight end. No way, Cade Abraham Otten. Abraham Lucas, tackle from Washington State. He could possibly, I think. Kellen Dyche, Arizona State tackle. Big so, 10 is six and a half. I kind of like the under there for the Pac-12, Lee. Well, it's minus 165. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not going to bet on the over there. Yeah, I like the over four and a half in the ACC. Yep. Um, the SEC is 10 and a half, 130 to the over. 10 and a half, okay, let's see. So the locks Trayvon would be Walker. the locks would be Evan Neal, Walker, Jordan Davis, Stingley, right? Yep. Cross, you would assume. Yep. Traylon Burks, Williams. Jamison Williams, Devontae Traylon Wyatt, Burks, Jamison Williams. Roger McCreary, Kenyon Green, Nicobe Dean, Lewisine, Oof, Kyrie Elam. Even like Quay Walker. Yeah, and Wyatt. That, you got to worry about Matt Corral. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that under. No. That's pretty much it for the college markets. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm gonna throw twenty five on Cross. Okay. Over over seven and a half on Twin Spires. Twin Spires, beautiful. Cool. Anything else, Lee? No, that wraps it up, man. Always a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll hop on again soon. For sure.